Hello, 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 Fort Worth. And welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. If you're new here, the Freedom Review exists to inform and educate the Fort Worth and Tarrant County community about the values and the functions of civic engagement. The goings-on of the local city council, the mayor, and the county commissioner's court, as well as important news stories from our community and from the greater Texas community, including state political issues. My name is Anthony Sosa, and today with me we have Amber O'Dell, Christopher Rose, and Thomas Moore here to discuss the state of the Fort Worth and Tarrant County economy and how COVID has economically impacted our communities. We are primarily here, however, to provide resources to those that may be struggling financially or otherwise and to point people in the right direction to access those services. All of the resources used for today's episode will be provided below in the show notes. As always, please subscribe and sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues. You can sign up at our website at justicereformleague.org. We are currently a volunteer organization. If you'd like to get involved or want to contact us, you can reach us at fwfreedomreview at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at fwreview. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. If you wish to support us and this podcast, please go to justicereformleague.org and click the donate button. Now we're rolling. Yeah. It's just audio, right? Yeah. Okay, good, because I look terrible. (laughs) Same. Same. <laughs> uh, literally this morning i was like i didn't i'm in sweats i do not want to shower i'm we're we're it's fine we're not doing video yet yeah <laughs> yep. nice okay so action uh-huh <laughs> okay <laughs> so <clears throat> we've been putting off covering the pandemic for a while because a we're all pretty sick and tired of this nonsense that's been going on but then also because we assume that you guys, our audience, uh, largely probably feel the same way. Um, but B, there also hasn't really been much to cover in the way of solutions. And we wanted to cover the topic from a place of hope and share resources with our listeners and neighbors that could be helpful because um, we recognize that there are still a lot of people struggling. And the vaccine is now being distribu- distributed and it's starting to look like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Many people are starting to feel some hope that we're nearing the end of this. Um, But a lot of people are talking about, you know, being ready to go back to brunch. I personally hate brunch primarily because I was a brunch bartender for what felt like 30 years. And I'm not trying to turn the audience against it, but I am going to make a case for why we simply can't just go back to brunch and why that's a bad idea. Um, Here in Tarrant County, this isn't over yet, and we'll likely still continue to lose a lot of people for some time because we are still at about 900 new cases a day. And we know at this point that deaths lag cases by about three weeks. So hopefully the weather this week is going to um, kind of assist us with that and flattening the curve. But even as we continue to make progress on the pandemic, for many of us, our lives have forever been changed. People are still struggling with the trauma and loss, loss of their livelihood, loss of housing, and of course, the loss of loved ones. And because this residual impact of the pandemic um, has been pretty bad as far as just like, you know, like necessities and, uh, you know, people's needs being met. Um, We've also lost to people, um, not just to COVID, but um, because, uh, uh, but we lost people to suicide, um, drug overdoses violence, domestic violence, um, and mostly because this has all been too much for us to really deal with. Um, Even people who do have supportive systems and do have coping skills are still struggling to navigate all the things that we've been going through for the last year. Um, And so as we start to forge our individual paths forward, we need to keep in mind what has brought us to this point in the first place, because it never had to be like this. Um, on the face of this pandemic and the toll that it's taken on all of us is failed public and social policies. For example, failed, he- failed health care policies, lack of affordable housing, and stagnant wages that have failed to keep up with the cost of living, just to name a few. Um, discussions on public policy um, 
are not exciting and uh, can be really boring to some, but it is important that we pay attention to these topics moving forward because now we know for a fact, as many of us have known for a long time, on the other side of failed social policies are hundreds of thousands of lives lost. And as we reflect on the trauma and heartbreak of this pandemic, we need to remember what these failed policies have cost us. More importantly, we have to remember who they have cost us. And let's hold those accountable who have shamelessly and knowingly upheld antiquated legislation for their own personal benefits while simultaneously blocking desperately needed policies that would have actually helped prevent some of the health disparities that have led to the death toll of this pandemic. And of course, I'm talking about the Republican Party and neoliberal corporatist Democrats who have not been held accountable up till now and um, have basically put us in the situation that we're in now. So it's important that we get a return on our investments. Uh, we don't simply pay taxes so they can do socialism for corporations while the rest of us are hung out to dry in the aftermath of late stage capitalism. So if you wanna go back to brunch, fine. Please tip your servers, bartenders, and buy the kitchen around of beers. But things cannot and will not go back to the way that they were. Not after everything we've witnessed this last year. So keep that in mind as you listen to some of the resources that are being offered in our community. Um, despite all of the things that we've all gone through, there's still a lot of amazing people here in Tarrant County who are working to, um, you know, to help people get back on their feet or just help people get by and stay where they are, <laughs> even if we're not in a place where we can all go back, uh, go back to the maybe the standards of living that we all experienced prior to the pandemic. Um, so this is going to be a discussion about, um, I'm going to start off talking about the COVID-19 vaccines, um, how you can sign up to get one um, if you haven't gotten one yet or if you're not on the list. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about healthcare uh, mental health resources for counseling in the community. Um, we're also going to talk about um, housing and um, food banks in the area as well as assistance for um, finding a job if you're out of work. So starting off with the COVID-19 vaccines, um, as of February 8th, Tarrant County Public Health um, had administered 212,756 vaccines. Um, and I think that's just like a little over, a little over 1%. Um, so right now the, um, the city or the county is basically saying even if it's not your turn for a vaccine, they would like for people to go ahead and sign up on the website because um, it helps them plan for the distribution needs um, coming up when we get into like phase two and phase three. So it'll help them um, distribute things a little bit more quickly and a little bit more efficiently. Um, and so you can do that on the Tarrant County Public Health website. It is a little bit tricky. I actually had to Assess it through a Star Telegram article that had a link to it, um, but uh, but I think they've made some improvements since then. And you can also sign up to get on the list by phone at eight one seven two four eight six two nine nine. Also, some updates in the distribution. Uh, Kaylee Johnson reported um, in the Star Telegram that Fort Worth ISD is um, helping the county out by providing two. Uh, new sites for drive-through vaccine uh, vaccination distribution. Um, I think they were vaccinating like like nine thousand people a week, but I saw in it. I've seen a few different numbers, but they're hoping to eventually get to like twenty-seven thousand vaccines a day, uh, which would be really great. Um, and uh, also, it turns out that um, CVS has announced that its pharmacies across Texas will be offering. Uh, the COVID-19 vaccine as well. Um, and I think that actually started on February 11th. Today is Valentine's Day, February 14th. Um, you can go on the CVS website and sign up, um, or you could call this number 817-746-7287. Again, that is 817-746-7287. Um, you can call and make an appointment. Um, obviously, I don't think anyone is taking just like walk-ins at this point. But that is, um, those are two different resources you can use for getting the COVID-19 vaccine. 
Um, as far as mental health goes, um, I found a, obviously I knew there was MHMR, um, but I also found this new, let me get it, get to it. Um, sorry guys. Um, a new resource, um, which is actually called the Mental Health Connection of Tarrant County, which is um, basically a group that is, you know, partnering with MHMR as well as Tarrant Cares. Um, and they've actually put together a list of what they are calling uh, COVID-19 Tarrant County Mental Health Resources. And so if you go to their website, which we're going to link in the show notes, it's actually mentalhealthconnection.org um, slash need help. Um, they have put together a directory of all different types of resources. And so it's kind of broken down. Uh, they have a PDF file and it's broken down according to um, different local hotlines and helplines. And it's divided up um, with mental health and substance abuse uh, services. And it tells you, and they have little spreadsheets. And so you can see like what type of population each, um, each agency serves. So they have resources on here for veterans, um, families of veterans. They have um, youth and children, mental health services, um, they also have adults, couple therapy, um, and it actually has on here like whether each service is bilingual um, and what specific types of services they they have, as well as the cost. Um, and many of these services are free or mostly free. It says if they take insurance, um, it says if they take Medicaid. Um, and it says if they take G even GPS connect, I don't know if our listeners know, but GPS actually does provide, um, their own, um, type. It's, it's similar to having health insurance. Um, obviously you don't have as many options for where you can go, but for people that, um, are maybe out of work or don't have health insurance, you can, um, apply for GPS connect online. That's the local Tarrant County hospital here, um, in Tarrant County. Um, and then uh, that's something that, you know, some people might want to look into, but it does cover mental health costs as well. Um, and a lot of times the services will just be completely free. You can use that if you need um, medical insurance as well. Um, again, so wait a minute, wait options. a minute. Are you saying we have socialized medicine here in Fort Worth? Here a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, yes. And a lot of people don't know. I don't like that socialism. <laughs> oh come on like we all we all deserve socialism we earned it um we pay for it well yeah so. I mean, that's that's so, why yeah. i bring it up yeah i want i mean that people may not think about it that way or know that even but yes this is a resource that exists in our community so if you need it use it mm -hmm. yes yes and so this spreadsheet's pretty sweet because it's got um the the name of the agency the phone number that you can reach out to um, I know accessing uh, mental health care for the first time can be um, can be kind of stressful, especially, you know, if it's something you've been considering and just haven't pushed yourself to do. Um, but seriously, like if you need help, like, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out um, to someone and and seek the help that that you need, um, because these are really hard times. Again, like there's a reason like why uh we why the city offers you know um affordable mental health care because um because it, it's you know mental health care is just as important um than physical health care you know what i mean so i just want to reiterate that for the audience um you know like it, it's you're not the only person having a hard time um you're not going to be the last person to have a hard time you know these sources are available there's no reason um, to be ashamed or, um, you know, like, you know, a, the fact that you might need mental health care is not a reflection on who you are as a person. Um, I know there's a lot of stigma that can be associated with it, but like that, you know, like if you need help, if you're having a hard time, don't sit around and, um, you know, and suffer, you know, like, please, 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 like reach out and get some help. Um, there's also on this list, it also has um, emergency shelters that are available. Um, 
if uh, for domestic violence situations, um, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people are familiar with Safe Haven. Um, there's also the Women's Center of Tarrant County um, that offers services for women, um, including mental health services. Um, there are shelters in the area that actually allow women to go and take their families, uh, take their children with them if they need that. Um, we also have on here a bunch of resources um, for um, community mental health education and parenting tips. Um, I know that a lot of people during the pandemic have been at home with their kids when they're not really used to it. And, um, you know, I think that, it, you know, our lives have like really changed and people are under, are under quite a bit more stress um, than they used to be. So um, if you are a person who maybe wants to get some parenting tips, there's a lot of different resources for places that you can go here on this list as well. And we also have um, substance abuse um, resources as well. And so I think Thomas also, uh, so like I said, we're going to go ahead and attach this, um, this list and directory to, uh, to the show notes for this episode. But um, I think Thomas also has some um, substance abuse uh, resources as well. So I'm going to pass the mic off to Thomas. Hi, guys. Okay, so the, the, the resource I have for you guys is ODAID. So they're a grassroots overdose prevention and harm reduction program in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, basically, what they do is they, you know, they do everything from helping people get clean to providing people who do use, who want to stop using with uh, clean, sterile supplies, Narcan if they need it, wound care, first aid, on-site no-barrier testing and screening, and basic other needs. Basically, um, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, if you use users who use clean needles all the time are 50% less likely to continue using. Um, you also... It also has a really big uh, uh, part to play in reducing uh, HIV, AIDS, STIs, STDs, stuff like that. Reduces it well. Um, if you go to ODA.org, um, you can learn more about them, uh, what resources they have. You can learn how to get help if you need it. You can learn how to provide help if you want to get involved. Um so let's say you needed, you know, free, no, no, naloxone. Naloxone. Yes, thank you. That, um, and harm reduction supplies. Okay, uh, if you contact them, they can help you out. Um, it also ha has a list of places you can purchase it with no tr prescription. Uh, right now, that looks like it's just CVS and Walgreens. Um, it also has a link to treatment or and support groups um, and other harm reduction resources. So it's actually, you know, a really, really good program. They also have some merch and stuff. There's a pretty, pretty sweet uh, T-shirt I'm about to get. It says Sling and Syringes, but all the proceeds goes to ODA, and it goes to making these programs happen. So if you want to get involved, if you want to donate, uh, it's ODAFW.org. Uh, that's ODAFW.org. So that's basically meaning ODA Fort Worth. Um, you know, it affects a lot, lot more people than you think. Uh, there's, yeah. I know there's a negative stigma about this because people think, you know, you're enabling dr drug addicts, but really what you're doing is you're helping them fight their addiction. Um, and not die. And not die, which is always good, you know, because they are people. Like, exactly. I can't stress this enough. They are actually human beings. Yes. Your, your your worth is not dictated by how few problems you have. Okay. True. Next. Okay. Next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go through some food banks. Uh, I'd like to be on here and be like, hey, go here, here. They're open all the time. Due to the inclement weather right now, a lot of these food banks uh, aren't going to be open to, you know, for a few days, which is, is fine because a few of them, it doesn't really affect them much. But the first one I'm going to open with is a really unique one. Uh, I've spoken with some of the people with, with this. I really like this program. It's called it's, it's called Funky Town Fridge. 
And uh, basically, it's community freight project. So what they've done is they've gone to several sites within Fort Worth, and they've basically made some free fridges. Like, they put some fridges there. They fill them with food. If you need food, you can go get some. Um, right now, there's three in the neighborhood of Southside, Polly, and Como, which I think are also some of the places that need it the most. Um, if you go to funkytownfridge.org, uh, you can look at some of the food donation cu- guidelines. You can look at how to get involved. You can look at how to buy merch. Everything you get goes to supporting them. That's always good. Uh, some other resources uh, to consider is uh, westaid.org. Um, I believe they help mostly with uh, people on the west side of Fort Worth, but you know I think they're open to everyone. Uh, these guys are open on Wednesdays and Fridays from 9.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, that's actually quite common with a lot of food banks and stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of people are volunteering their time. They don't have a lot of time to do this. Uh, the cool thing um, is, you know, if you don't have access to a kitchen, they provide you with a sack lunch and drink. So they're, they're really focused on helping the homeless pe- homeless out here. Um, there is no ID or address or address required for food at this time. Um, people are welcome to come both days. Um, I was looking at some of the other stuff here. Uh, they are in the process of getting a new building, but they'll actually, maybe it was the other one. Yeah, they'll actually, uh, you know, provide the, the sources you need. There's another one I'm thinking of. I'll get to it in a second. Uh, next one we're looking at is Community Food Bank. Um, if you go to food-bank.org, uh, they're going to be closed on Monday on the, the 15th, which is tomorrow, due to inclement weather because we have the snowstorm going on there. Uh, do your best to stay warm, guys. Um, and then there's a Terran Area Food Bank, which is also a great thing, but they'll be closed on February 15th, not because of weather, but in observance of, Pre- of President's Day. Um, you know, some of the programs they have, let's see, looks like they have a farmer's market program, a recipe library. So they're not just focused on making sure you can eat. They're making sure you have healthy selections to eat, which is actually a big deal because, you know, in America, we were kind of like, what, what is nutrition? And so our food's kind of jacked up. So that's actually really hard to do, especially when you're, when you are homeless. Um, next thing I'm going to highlight is the, uh, East side community assist assistance.org. Uh, these are the guys I was thinking of earlier. East side's community assistance. Um, basically if you're experiencing homelessness, they have several programs, and these guys are like right next to Lancaster. If I was looking at the map right, so they're right there in the thick of it. Um, you can go straight to the food door every morning. There's a front office; you don't even have to go there. Um, you can usually get one or two boxes of things like canned meats, crackers, condiments, additional snack items like granola bars, yogurt, beverages. It, it's little things, but it helps. Um, they even have a clothing allowance, which is pretty good. Uh, and they'll give you two outfits per person per month, which, you know, that's actually a really good deal because most people, uh, I'll see them, you know, especially a lot of the homeless people, they're wearing literally whatever they can find. So that's a step up. Uh, they'll even work, if you have a caseworker, they'll work with you to get you placed in housing. They have a transition program that provides weekly grocery distribution in addition to the monthly clothing service. Uh, they will need your consent to talk to your caseworker. But as long as you're in that housing place, placement, they will provide you weekly groceries for up to one year from your move-in date. So these guys aren't just trying to help the homeless. They're trying to help you to transition out of homelessness. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really good resource, I think. And I think that is all I have. Well, that's a good segue talking about housing because Christopher is going to talk about housing yeah. as well. Yeah, I thought so. so... Um, yeah, so housing is, I was looking at the, um, just the regular, you know, Tarrant Housing, Housing Assistant, Tarrant County Housing Assistance Office, um, info, 
um, which is just what they already had up before COVID. Um, and it says that um, their wait list is closed for the next, uh, I think this is five more years. Oh my gosh. Four more years. Um, yeah. So not a whole lot of housing um, from Tarrant County these days. Um, but there are a few special COVID-19 centered um, options. So actually tomorrow, yes, the 15th, um, there's a statewide program. Um, the Texas Rent Relief Program um, is being launched. Um, it's to administer the more than $1 billion allocated to Texas um, for the, the most recent stimulus bill. Um, and so they're accepting applications for uh, rental relief at texasrentrelief.com. Um, starting uh, February 15th. Um, so, yeah, they're they're encouraging everyone to apply. Um, there's there's no uh, cost to apply or anything. So, so you know, might as well um, just see. Um, to qualify, you just have to be at or below 80% of the area median income um, and a few other criteria. So, yeah, texasrentrelief.com. There will be links to that as well. Um, what else do we have here? There is also uh, the city um, Fort Worth Neighborhood Services Department is accepting applications um, from the, the CARES Act funds. Um, there's a link to copy... Um, or to download a copy of that application. Um, Tarrant County has a rental assistance program. Um, we've got a number for that. There is, let's see, Catholic Charities is also doing some stuff as well as the Tarrant County Homeless Coalition. Um, and there will be links to all that info um, in the doobly-doo. Let's see. Um, there are also now, because it is so cold, um, there are a few churches uh, stepping up to um, to turn into shelters, um, such as the Re Renovation Community Church in southwest Fort Worth. Um, they are housing as many people as they can fit um, while also trying to balance, you know, COVID stuff. Um, requiring masks overnight and um, and trying to not crowd too much. But uh, that is an option. Um, there are a few other churches. I'm struggling to find a list, but I'll see um, if I can find any more. But at least that one in uh, southwest Fort Worth. Um, and then there's another one ca called Our Calling um, in Dallas, um, which is a bit far from us, but we branch out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Oh, yeah. So uh, we did recently have that um, hotel open that was um, built for more long-term housing for um, especially older and more at risk, um, the homeless population. Um, so they recently built that. Um, it'll fit 115 residents. Um, so that will get, or that is getting um, a few more people off the streets, um, which is really good when it's this cold because it's very dangerous mm -hmm. for people. Um, so that was recently um, established, and they're working on getting everybody um, in that permanent supportive housing. Um, and I also. In, in reading about this, um, this project was approved back in August by the city council. Uh, and it is almost a little late to be getting mad about this. Um, but it just reminded me uh, an article I was reading from back in August um, that they were originally, um, they were hoping for three hotels um, that they could take from the CARES Act budget. 
and and house uh, three times as many people. But then we, uh, the Fort Worth City Council, all except for Ann Zeta, I believe, um, voted to slash that budget. So now we only get one. Now uh, the rest of the the two-thirds of the people that were going to be housed um, are not being housed. And so that's just kind of a bummer. What did they put that money to? Um, they put that toward the, uh, what is it called? Small business assistance. Gotcha. Because um, as Betsy Price said, I've got a quote right here. Uh, she says, heaven help us. We need permanent supportive housing for our homeless population. We really do. But we have so many families and so many businesses hurting with COVID right now. Which that was a big is butt. true. That was yeah. a big what? It was a big butt. She's like, we definitely, yeah. absolutely, heaven knows, we really need yeah. all this. We really That's do. That's true. But, but you know, <laughs> people are are you know gonna die from from exposure and from uh, being more liable for for getting COVID because. Um, mm-hmm. Because they're living on the streets and it is, you know, it's impossible to be healthy sure. um, and do that just about. Yeah, the health disparities. And, are and so she weak. basically, yeah, and so she basically said, well, sorry, we have we have the, the people that we care about um, to help out. They, they yeah. you know, they, they invested a lot in these businesses. You know, we don't want them to lose that money of theirs. So, so we're going to help them out um, even while people are living and dying mm-hmm. um, destitute unsheltered i mean yeah. don't get yeah. me wrong small businesses do need help as well um but when of you're course. forced with the choice between one or the other you know siding with the people who have more capital uh and more you know quote unquote invested in the community uh sends a really weird message to the people the other people in your community the ones that are vastly greater in number yeah yeah. Well, and I remember they were like advertising the small business relief for like months and months. Mm-hmm. It seemed like in my emails, like I just kept getting all of these emails that the city kept putting it out there that we're still accepting applications and we're still accepting applications. And if you have a small business, just so you know, we're still taking applications. So it kind of seems like, um, you know, the they weren't just being overrun and it's not like all of the money was just like immediately, mm-hmm. you know, taken up by small businesses. Whereas, as, you know, Christopher stated that, um, you know, the Section 8 housing voucher program, you know, will open up and it'll be open for about eight hours and then it's closed again because they're like already, you know, just to get on the wait list, you know, like um, can take a, you know, you can, you're waitlisted for the waitlist basically when it comes to housing. So I don't know. I mean, it's just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like years just to get on the waitlist for like, for like HUD vouchers. So I don't know. It just seems like the money, um, like when you, if you were to do a means test as they love to do, um, you know, means testing suggests that that money maybe could have been spent towards housing in my opinion. Can I just say something real quick? Please. Please. I am very, very sick and tired of these politicians, usually Republican. I'm I'm done playing nice after yesterday. Um hey. who have this idea that the homeless are somehow the same as criminals. And every solution they seem to have seems to be less about helping the homeless and more about making it not their problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dallas is actually in the middle of this big fight over panhandling right now. Mm -hmm. And you've got people accusing, you know, people being like bust in, you know, bus in Dallas. I'm like, no, these are like mostly homeless people who have nowhere else to go. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. you want to help them, don't like arrest them for trying to get capital. Some are like they're making more money than me. I was like, no, they're not. They're really not. Yeah. Um, if you notice, they almost never have any evidence for what they're saying. Um, yeah, I feel like people have always like heard a horror story about like a con artist who like 
tricks people into thinking that they're homeless and like gets hundreds of dollars from them. And like, you know, sure that might've happened once or twice, but like, like a lot of people have that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's such a rare thing, if Mm -hmm. that's even, you know, an accurate representation. Well, anyone. Yeah. They'll make stuff up all the time. Uh, Back in the eighties when Reagan was cutting government assistance, uh, he had this woman that was called the welfare queen and he depicted yeah. her as black. The problem is the real welfare queen was actually a white woman. Um, and they depicted it as someone who just keeps getting all these resources they don't deserve. And they basically spun it to be like, everyone's like that, you know, and it's, right. it's really sickening. The other thing that's really sickening is the fact that a lot of these people claim to be some of the most, you know, devout Christian people in the world. And, you know, I remember Jesus helping the homeless. I also remember him whipping the crap out of, out of shop owners. Yeah. You know, Flipping over reasons. tables in the temple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Besides one time the you saw Jesus selling... mad is when he saw capitalism. That's when he got angry. Right. Right. Well, it wasn't just that. It was that they were selling in the temple, which is permitted. But the thing that really pissed him off, if we're being clear, is that you know, when they made the sacrifices in the temple, you're supposed to give the best you can, right? And if you couldn't, you were allowed to go to the temple and buy it, buy it, and it was supposed to be the best of what they had. These people were basically selling the worst they had at a profit, so at a higher price. So that's when he got bad. If you look at Sodom and Gomorrah, um, they're not doing it because people are gay. They're doing it because people <laughs> lack compassion, you know? And uh, it always seems ironic to me how they're quick to throw out their stories. I'm like, you don't know what you're doing right now. You're you're effectively punching yourself in the face with the same Bible. You know, J- Jesus would whip you, but I might help him. You know? Yeah. Um, there's, there's, Rucker Bregman, this, it, this historian, has this great quote, I think, kind of summarizes what, what you're saying, essentially. It's like, poverty is not a lack of character. It's a lack of cash. You know, it's really yeah, all it comes yeah. down to. It's not, it doesn't or say like anything this, about your personhood or how good of a, or bad of a person you are. It's not an indictment of mm-hmm. you. Yeah. But the fact that some of the cities actually have vagrancy as a crime, which is basically being homeless. Yeah. The fuck? Well, mm-hmm. Vagrancy actually like became a crime um, during reconstruction after um, slavery ended. And, you know, all of the slaves became, you know, free people. And, uh, but, you know, it, that was literally like the only policy change. So people like didn't automatically like have land or a place to go or a job. And so it was actually um, the like part of the, I think, I think it was part of the, the black codes initially is, um, was to make vagrancy a crime so that um, they can start charging all of these um, newly freed slaves um, and putting them in onto like chain gangs mm-hmm. and um, then you get free labor out of basically them because they're criminals. You criminalize them. Yeah. They're putting them back into slavery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, but but through criminal justice. Yeah. And that yeah. was really kind of like when that when that started. So um, vagrancy in and of itself is just like a law that has a lot of like a really racist history. Um, and I think that, you know, like the the initial point that you're making, Thomas, of like criminalizing poverty and criminalizing homelessness, um, you yeah. know, it's, it's like obviously that law specifically is still serving that purpose because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people that are, you know, um, charged with like trespassing, you know, and it's like yeah. basically, mm-hmm. you know, putting people into jail because they don't have anywhere to, to go. So and it's the same um, thing with the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's We're racially motivated. Yeah. Racially motivated yeah. to hurt marginalized communities. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I think what we're talking about, about, um, you know, like poverty and, and homelessness and, um, you know, needing assistance and stuff like that. I think it's important to note that, you know, like it's not just, you know, I think people hear homelessness and or homeless mm-hmm. and they have this idea of, you know, um, this old, man you know that's dirty and you know has a substance abuse problem and a mental health problem and you know that that's who these these um all these assistance programs are are helping but the reality is that you know because wages have been 
so stagnant um, in the United States for like the last 30 years and housing has gotten more and more unaffordable for average people that it's not just, you know, random old people with substance abuse problems that need help and that are ending up on the street. And it's actually a lot of lower middle class families that mm. um, are slipping into poverty, especially um, since the 2008 financial crisis. And, you know, like a lot of those jobs that were lost never came back, <laughs> you mm. know. Um, and I think looking at the current issue that we're in with the pandemic, um, I think in, you know, we're in another recession or a depression, if you will. Um, a lot of these jobs that have been lost are not going to come back again. Nope. You know, I want to, you know, so, kind of on top of that, just make a point that also not all jobs are created equally. So even no. if maybe you lost a job, but then maybe you were able to get another one, it's unlikely because of what types of jobs are more widely available. You're getting paid less than what you were doing. Um, and so sometimes a lot of people are working two or three jobs and still not able to pay all of their bills, especially in this pandemic. So if you lose one of those, then, you know, you could be flirt. You might need some of these services, which is why we're talking about it, because it's not just like right. like the, the the picture that you're painting, Amber. Like, it's not that who needs these. Like, certainly that person does, too. But it's it's yes. like you're saying, it's the 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 shrinking middle class, essentially like that. that the, yeah. You also okay. need this stuff, too. I do. Like, I've been on assistance yeah. until I got a job two years ago. Like, I've been living off of student loans. Like, that's how I've been getting by. Yeah. Uh, I would so, never have been able to go to college if it wasn't for student loans. Like, yeah. Period. Well, like, and I wouldn't have been able to pay bills for the past like three years, if, you know, but before I started finally actually teaching, yeah. if it wasn't for student mm -hmm. loans, like I very well could be using these things. And so, I mean, it's not it's it's not, you know, it's just this un, unknown or unseen thing. It affects yeah. a large, wide, wide, wide portion of the population for sure. So I don't know. I guess let's get back to the resources. <laughs> like, well, sorry, sorry, I was just mad at the policymakers who don't see a problem unless it becomes a problem for them. Yeah. Well, we started the conversation <laughs> off talking about policymakers, so I think it's important to include their role in all of this. But I do want to say that um, it what is really horrible is, and and because and this has to do with assistance. What's really horrible is how we've all been kind of like brainwashed, you know, like because of, you know, the welfare queen stories or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, like it's been so stigmatized to like access assistance when it's really needed. And, um, you know, like I heard on, on NPR a, a few weeks ago, like when the whole food, like I think it was like North, the, the North Texas Food Bank had like, like, I don't know, like was it like 40,000 people show up like in just a few days to like get, get help um with food and stuff and i guess they had done a um kind of a poll of like who needed help and a lot of the people that were showing up were veterans right um and so it was really really sad because like people like active duty or um you know like formerly um active duty veterans were some of like one of the larger populations that had grown among those needing assistance with food and were becoming food insecure. And um, they were also like the least likely to actually ask for help. And so like another study that had been done found that like there were like an increasing number of veterans needing help with food that were food insecure. And they were also like were more willing to go without than to seek assistance um, because of shame. And, you know, that's up. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like people are, are, are more willing to like go hungry and their families have their families go hungry than they are to ask for help because the <laughs> Republican Party has like, like stigmatized seeking, you know, social services and, and so in welfare. Unless you're a corporation. Right. Unless you're a corporation, yeah, you know, but just, I mean, I just think that's something that yeah. like, I would like for the listeners to kind of think about, you know, like, um, cause like what has happened is I think it's like, I don't know. I, I just think that's so, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's, it's, it's drinking the, the, you know, the rhetorical Kool-Aid essentially like that's just buying into what our nation, you know, I want to say the Republicans Reagan era, but it's also been, you know, neoliberal Democrats who've also perpetuated sure. this concept mm -hmm. of yeah. like, Oh, don't you're you're bleeding money off of the state. You're 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 being a, you know a queen. You're being a suck on the, on a drain on the system, right? But right. In, any any services that an individual may require is infinitesimal compared to how much money is put into the defense industry, for instance. You know, 
or any other sector of the economy that constantly gets money injected into it whenever there's an issue. Um, I mean, like they've just been printing off trillions of dollars this whole pandemic to keep the economy afloat. Um, you know what? Trillions. And so like, and also like take our prison population and how much money does it cost to keep those people in prison per person, you know, per year? It's astronomical. $56,000. Yeah. And we could spend a, a fraction of that, uh, you know, on services that actually people need and keep them out of prison. And it would, hey, maybe it would be actually cheaper, you know? But no, yeah. but b because we have been brainwashed, essentially, we have manufactured consent, you know, it's over the past 30, 40 years about what what it means to be in the system and what it means to be a good human being and, and, and this capitalist system that we have. And if you don't have money, then you don't have value. You don't have worth like this is the result of it. Then you're ashamed to to use the government for help, which like if the government's not here to help you, then what the fuck is it for? Yeah, like we're we're a machine to feed the, the government like like we're we're just here to keep our government alive. Like that's not how like yeah. it should be. The government is here to like to structure and benefit us. Like yes. it works for us. The system works for us. The market, if you even yeah. want to go with that, it works for us, not the other way around. Yeah, this isn't like a people farm where the government's like, haha, like now we have all the resources like or that's not what we're going for at least exactly. that wasn't what it was supposed to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i mean again this comes back to why we want you guys to get registered to vote why we want you guys to get involved mm. especially in local politics because most of these decisions that are made that affect your life happen right here at the city level and at the county level like not all that crap that happens in washington like yes it somehow is going to affect us a little bit over time but the stuff that affects you every year and every month, day in, day out, is the stuff, is the policies that they implement here at the at the local level. And again, we've already talked about when we were talking about voting, how few people actually do that and participate in that process. And so, you know, these problems that we're talking about right now uh, are exacerbated by the people that we've had in power, which is, again, we, we're like Amber said, we're in the middle of a recession or, or depression. You know, I think once the pandemic finally fades away, everyone's going to realize, yeah, we're in the middle of a friggin depression. Uh, we're going to need yep. strong leadership to help get us out of that, um, yeah. you know, and so that's, again, why it's so important to, to be involved in, in that political process. Please go vote. Please register to vote. Vote for this this mayoral election, the city council election. Please run for office. It would be great to see like yeah, an yeah. average person running for office, not somebody that's like, you know, part of the status quo and is just like going to uphold this like same bullshit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we need like, like we need like economic like socioeconomic representation in government you know mm -hmm. um we need yeah, a diversity of, of people from socioeconomic different socioeconomic statuses yeah everyone gets caught up on the racial thing like oh we need to have a, a, a representation also you know the gender thing that's a certain number of men and women certain number of people of color but if all of those men and women and people of color are all from the rich wealthy class you're going to get the same results. You know, you're, you're going to need people mm -hmm. from a di like a class diversity as well. Like ever saying, it's not just a racial yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. All, yeah. All, we need all the diversities. Yes. Yeah. And I think that we do have a good chance um, to get a little bit more diversity in there. This, this may we've got, we've got some good candidates, some, some, just, some, just people, you know, just people who want to help yeah, their city great. and, and, do good things which is great yes. and and we need more of that all the time and we're going to talk a lot about that on next episode we're going to talk about strategizing and different methods that have worked in other places uh not to i'm not going to spoil it right now but spoil it's it. going to be lit fam yeah be lit. <laughs> so christopher we kind of cut you off on the list do you have more to more to say in regards to housing resources um, I don't think so. A lot of this will just be um good to like list in the doobly doo. Um, I'll have okay. I've got like phone numbers and and links to uh to a couple different like, rental assistance programs and uh eviction diversion programs. Um, what about the eviction moratorium that that I know it like the initial one ended in January, but did it um, extend at the end like, of March? It goes until the end of March. So the end of March. And then Biden had said, I haven't, I don't know if anything changed this week, but he had said he's going to try and extend it to September, but I haven't heard anything about that yet. Uh, okay. They still have time to make that decision. So, but right now it's, there's an eviction moratorium until March, the end of March. Yeah. Okay. Which means you can't legally be evicted, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. It, um, 
yeah, you still have to um, pay all of that rent. Um, so you are you are going into debt, but you uh, but you can't be evicted. You. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that I had something on that. I seem to have lost it. Um, but then also that relies a good deal often on um, accessible and or free like legal counsel and legal advice because a lot of people don't have the resources to like know what to do about it and how to enforce that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point. And how to like, yeah, address that with their, whether it's a like a business um, that's not following the rules or, or just like a personal landlord, you know, that can mm-hmm. be a tough situation to navigate. And so um, document everything, every email, mm-hmm. Text yeah. messages, screenshot all that stuff. If you're if you're having an issue with your landlord, document everything. Yeah, and I'll I'll see if I can add some uh, legal counsel links uh, to the doobly doo as well, because that's really important. Sweet, awesome. Well, I guess yeah. I'll I'll go ahead and try and wrap us up. Um, I was kind of supposed to be doing research on different like job opportunities in the area, um, but was having trouble finding like consistent stuff that I would feel comfortable. I mean. A job is a job, I guess, but like recommending wise, it was just kind of the basic, you know, indeed.com type stuff. So rather than focusing on that, what I was looking for was other different, if you are out of a job or if you're looking for a job, you probably maybe need some financial assistance. So that's kind of what I went down was like different types of assistance that are available here in the area. So while you're looking for a job, I'm not going to tell you how to do that or where to do that, but rather I'm going to tell you how you can get help in the meantime while you're doing that. Um, and so I first just wanted so yeah we kind of talked about a lot of the stuff that i wanted to say so that which is great um so yeah we have a lot of people in the in the area who's lost jobs uh, a lot of small businesses have been closing down even some of the bigger businesses have been closing down um the mm-hmm. biggest one uh at kind of at the beginning of the pandemic was pier one and it closed down and now that's going to be the new city hall building here in about two years they said probably by 2022 or i guess that's a year year and a half um that'll be the new I'm city i'm so hall glad building. they can have they can have more shelter yeah more housing, right <laughs> Me too. more you know so glad they have tw- like what is it like 12 stories oh it's more than that like, yeah really, i'm sure they need all of it out. it's probably 20 <laughs> yeah. or 30 or something i don't know it's pretty tall um but so pier one employed 800 Maybe you can move the homeless in there <laughs> you we yeah. feasibly yeah you certainly could um stories, just have yeah. to have the will to do it um, you know, it's, it, it's a city property now that the, the purchase went through, so they could, if they wanted through to, it. um, pier one employed 800 people when it was you know, in 2019. So that is at least 800 people who have lost their job over the past year when, and they started kind of downsizing in preparation for this closure uh, before that. So, um, that's just one example of like how many people over the past year have lost jobs. But again, like it's, it's just anecdotal, just driving around in our section of town, uh, you know, we live on the south side, but I've also been hitting, you know, the TCU area, university area, uh, near south side, Main Street, Hemp Hill, all that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of closed businesses. Same over off Hewlett. Like West 7th? West 7th. Yeah. West 7th is like, yeah, there's a lot nothing over there. that have closed. And like, I'm not really yeah. hearing that. You're not really hearing about that very much. I was trying to find stories on it. Like there's yeah. not any. I couldn't get a, a good number. Of like how many people have closed, how many rest, uh, you know places have closed? Fred's over here near us on the the blue bonnet circle. That one's not there anymore. Yeah. Um. And so I guess nobody ever applied for the this small place. business assistance thing. Or it might have came too late. He was doing. It might have came too too late. You know, I, who knows? I'm sure there's a million reasons, yeah. but just I'm concerned. Once this pandemic, once people, we do get through vaccinations, and hopefully enough people get vaccinated, you know, maybe after the summer's over and stuff. Uh, like I said, we're gonna start looking around, and there's not gonna be a lot of places that we were used to going to uh, that that are still open. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, that's an issue. And so, and then I'm going to kind of talk about unemployment numbers. Like I have a link that I'm providing that's going to give us the the unemployment numbers for Tarrant County. Um, But also like, before I do that, I want to just kind of explain that the, how we measure unemployment is very fishy and there's different methods or different metrics that you can do it to get whatever number you're wanting to look for. I have a video down in the doobly-doo that is a uh, uh, a John Green video from Vlog Brothers where he explains this really well in like less than four minutes. Um, and so I recommend looking at that if you're kind of unclear about how un- unemployment works. And uh, but essentially, 
if we're going to go with the unemployment numbers and use it and just use it as a metric, take it for what it is, however, whatever you think it's worth. Um, essentially, the, the, the reason why it's a suspicious number is because a good percentage of people stop looking for jobs or are in college or are maybe raising a kid first, second year kid or something. And so they they're currently not looking for a job, but they certainly would would be, would be at some point. But they're not kind of as part of that number. Also, people who are recently retired or have been looking for three or four years and just gave up looking. They're not part of the numbers either. So the unemployment percentage could be, depending on where you're looking at, a lot higher than it actually is represented. But anyways, we're going to take the number of what it was at just for comparison's sake. In the 1980s was the last time that it was like super, super high. Um, and it was at 10 percent was at the national average, meaning 10% of the people in the country didn't have a job. Um, that number was in, in Texas was 9.6. I couldn't find Tarrant County for that for the 80s. It, it, the, the site wasn't going back that far for Tarrant. But for us in Tarrant County in April, our unemployment rate was 13.4%, which is higher than it was after the 2008 crash and was higher than it was in the 80s. Um, so 13.4 in April, 13% in May. It's currently the last number we have a, Last day we have a, a number four is in December of this past year, December 2020, and it's down at 6.6%. Um, but that's still relatively high. Uh, and like the second highest it had been for us is after the 2008 crash here in the area, it was at 8.6%. And then, uh, you know, towards the end of the Obama presidency, when the economy started doing better, it dropped to about two point, uh, in, in between three and four. And then it, during the Trump presidency in 2019, it was down to 28 and so again, just because people are employed and, ha- and, the, and the unemployment number goes down doesn't necessarily mean that the people who are employed have good jobs or are getting paid living wages. That just means they have a job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, again, these you can kind of cut these numbers up however, however you want to look at them. But if you want to know more about that, there's a, there's a link to a video in the description. But essentially, the rest, what I'm just going to kind of run down here real quick is, is resources at the city level, uh, resources at... Uh, at the county level, and then also resources that are just kind of like other non-government organizational resources like like churches and that type of stuff. Um, so we've got the welfare offices of Fort Worth that I got that link. Again, all of this stuff I have links for. There's a website called needhelppayingbills.com. And I've got the link to the Tarrant County page on that. And they cover, it's kind of a redundant, they're covering a lot of this other stuff that I'm gonna say on their page as well. But it's it's a list of local charities a uh, list of places where you can get food assistance or rent assistance, uh, utility assistance, assistance. So if you're just behind on like your electric bill or your water bill, you can they, they have assistance for you for that. Um, also debt help and mortgage help and different uh, ex- links to city services. So I, I recommend checking out that website. It's called Need Help Paying Bills. Again, the link in the doobly-doo. Um, also got the link to Fort Worth Housing Associate uh, Assistance for in relation to COVID that that is some of the CARES Act money if you're if it's COVID related that you're not able to pay your bills you can apply for money here. Um, there is something that they have in Tarrant County called Community Action Partners or CAP or CAP people refer to it as. Um, and this wonderful is, organization. Yeah, it's, it's it seems really cool. And so again, that link is is below. They offer resources in regards to like heating and AC repair if you need that sort of stuff, especially right now since it's like 10 degrees outside. If you are having problems with that and you can't pay for it, you can go to this CAP page and apply for assistance to cover that. Uh, they also have veteran services. They have water payment assistance and like weatherization assistance. So if like you need insulation in your house, for instance, or you need like newer windows because you got a hole in your house and your other windows crappy or something like you can get assistance for that they can help pay for pay for some of that or all of that for you um also a link to the tarrant county housing assistance uh so the county stuff isn't as good as the city stuff i was realizing uh <laughs> the, the the page is even like i was kind of kind of suspicious of the i'm like i don't like this this website it's kind of mm, it's giving me weird vibes um but anyways that's just maybe this is my personal opinion but they they have county assist they have housing assistance they also have burial assistance so if you're dealing with the death in the family you don't and they didn't have a will for instance or they didn't have any money to to put towards uh, their burial you can apply for burial assistance through the county um, there's also then yeah a separate link to the CARES Act rental assistance uh, they do for, to help you pay rent if you're behind on rent they do have uh, uh, applications in English Spanish and Vietnamese um, and then. Also, since we were talking about it earlier, might as well give you that information. If you need small business assistance, 
uh, we have the link for that as well. So if you do need money for your business, by all means, you know, take take some of this CARES Act money. So that's yeah. what, that's we're what, not yeah. we're not anti small business. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It's just yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> you shouldn't. There's no need to qualify that. We don't got to say. It. There's no but coming after that. We're, we're just not. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sweet. So I think that's yeah. That's, we love small businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, yeah. and I, Amber and I were just talking about this earlier, and I hadn't had a chance to talk to you guys about it. But let's do a little on-air producing. What do y'all think when the when the the pandemic is over, or maybe we've all got our vaccines or something? Um, we do start doing remote shows at different local businesses, like Tuesday night or I like that. or something, and kind of just feature like, hey, check out you know wherever we're at. This food is awesome, or their bartenders are great, or whatever. And that then, sounds cute. And then do our episode there, like at the like, table, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. That does sound fun. So sweet. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to us this week. We all love you very much. Please stay warm and get the help get the help that you need if you need it. And also, also hit us up on Twitter. If, you, if you're interested in following us on Twitter, we need more Twitter followers. So FW Review, <laughs> at FW Review, if you're into that. Also, you can sign up for our newsletter on the Justice Reform League, uh, Justice Reform League website, right? Is that where they're um, Yeah, you can sign up there or on um, Substack or justicereformleague.substack.com. Okay, cool. Um, and you can also find it through just justicereformleague.org. Awesome. Thank you. Well, bye, guys. Bye. Bye. And if you guys actually um, want to send me all the info or ideas,